Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this Sunday, the fifth Sunday in Lent, is the third article of the Apostles' Creed. The Latin title for today, the fifth Sunday in Lent, is Utica. It comes from a verse in Psalm 43 that says, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. Utica means vindicate. This verse applies well to Christ, as we heard in the gospel how he was opposed and threatened for preaching the true word of God. We might also use this verse ourselves as a prayer to God, that he might rescue us from death and from the clutches of unjust and deceitful Satan. The fifth Sunday in Lent marks the beginning of what is called Passion Tide, the final two weeks before our Lord's death for us. It is a time of somber repentance, which is why the joyful words of the Gloria Patri drop from the liturgy until the resurrection. This morning we're going to move on to the next article of the Creed, the third. In it we confess our faith in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. So far we've learned the first article, where we praise our God and Father for His work of creation and His continuing care for us. In the second article, we give thanks to our Lord Jesus Christ for His becoming man for us and redeeming us with His blood. In the third article, we confess that it is the work of the Holy Spirit to take the redemption that Christ won for us on the cross and bring it to us through the Word and the sacraments. The Holy Spirit is the one who enlightens, sanctifies, and keeps us in the true faith. Of the three persons of the Holy Trinity, the Spirit is probably the least understood. Throughout history, there have been a number of controversies over the Holy Spirit, especially over His divinity and His work. Many in the world today shortchange the Holy Spirit and they downgrade Him into some impersonal force or power. In our own church body, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, we've had our own struggles in this area, not about whether the Spirit is God, thankfully, but about how the Holy Spirit does His work and what it looks like when the Holy Spirit is at work. Rather than form our own opinions, which is where problems come from, let us strive for a faith patterned after the pure words of Scripture. Something interesting about the Holy Spirit, though, is that He doesn't like to talk about Himself. That has a lot to do with His job, which we'll talk about in just a second. Nevertheless, we learn from the Scriptures that the Holy Spirit is God. He is not just a power or a force or an energy, as some might say. The Holy Spirit is complete 
and true God, along with the Father and the Son. The Spirit was present at creation, as we hear in Genesis. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the book of Acts, we do this lesson in confirmation where there was a man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, made a show of giving a large sum of money to the church in order to gain prestige for themselves. Well, their show involved a lie. And St. Peter called Ananias to repentance, saying, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to men, but to God. There are other passages that we could look at, but for the sake of time, we'll let the words of the Athanasian Creed summarize for us. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. But what does the Holy Spirit do? Jesus said on the night he was betrayed, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. That's what we're building on when we say in the meaning that the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. The work of the Holy Spirit is to point us to Christ, to bring us to the Christian faith. He is the one who calls us out of the darkness of sin and points us to Christ's marvelous light. He takes the forgiveness which Christ won for us on the cross and he declares it to us. In short, it is the Holy Spirit's work to make us holy by bringing us to and sustaining us in the Christian faith. This is a necessary work too, because without it, we would without doubt perish eternally. We say in the meaning of the third article that we, or I as it's phrased in the meaning, we cannot by our own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ or come to him. Now, I'm repeating myself, I know this, but this is what the creed does. It takes the teachings of Scripture and it puts them into a smaller chunk. And here the teaching that is made smaller is what the Scriptures say about our fallen human nature. In confirmation class, we spend a good amount of time talking about original sin. And we do it in class partly because once we're adults, it's very hard to fathom this. That ever since the fall, human nature is corrupt. We are not good by nature. Instead, we're really bad. Dead, even. 
And this is totally different from what the world says or what we even want to tell ourselves from time to time. But remember, we want our faith to be formed by Scripture and not by human opinion. So what does the Scripture say? St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians about their life before faith in Christ. He said to them, You were dead in trespasses and sins, living in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Original sin means that though we have freedom in most areas of our lives, freedom of choice, that freedom does not extend to spiritual matters. Instead, we are born at enmity with God, in hostility toward Him. We are born without faith in God, without love for Him, and without the ability to create these things in our own hearts. St. Paul wrote to the Romans, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. To the Corinthians, Paul wrote, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them. Our Lord himself said in the Gospel, that men prefer the darkness of sin to the light of God. And no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Put this all together and we'll start to see why the work of the Holy Spirit is necessary. We were all born dead in sin and trespasses, unable to fear God, unable to love Him, trust Him, we know from Scripture that salvation is by God's grace through faith in Christ, faith which we lack by nature and are unable to produce in ourselves. If left to our own, we would die and suffer eternally in hell. Thankfully, our God is merciful and kind. He sent His Son to purchase us back from sin and death and the devil, not with gold or silver, but with His own innocent suffering and death. He sends us now His Holy Spirit to bring this good news to our ears and to our hearts. But how does that happen? How does the Holy Spirit do His work of creating faith in our hearts and sustaining us in it. In the Lutheran Church, of which we are a part, the Holy Scriptures, we believe, are the true, inspired, inerrant, and ineffable Word of God. We also learn and use the creeds because they are faithful expositions, they are faithful explanations of the Scriptures. We also have a collection of documents called the Book of Concord. Some of you know what this is because we've been using it in Bible study for the last couple months. 
But all of us have learned from it. The small catechism is from the Book of Concord. Another document in the Book of Concord is called the Augsburg Confession. This will be our last thought today as we'll finish this article up on Wednesday. Article 5 of the Augsburg Confession teaches us how the Holy Spirit does his work. It says, So that we may obtain this faith, faith in Christ, the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted through the word and the sacraments as through instruments the Holy Spirit is given he works faith in those who hear the good news we'll unpack all of this on Wednesday but for now let's end our time together by speaking the meaning of the third article together I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Amen.